Welcome to the Shields Outdoors podcast, your source for information on hunting, fishing, and all of your outdoor passions. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Shields Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, Mike Anderson, here with my co-host, Ashley Sorensen. Ashley, how are you doing today? Doing great. Doing great. How are you, All Mike? right. I'm doing fantastic. Yes. Awesome. It is one day closer to hunting season, and that gets me excited. <laughs> and we are talking about shot shell today. We're going to be talking a little bit about shotguns, some ammunition, some hunt fest stuff, which is coming up. And we have with us Dan Compton and Scott Turner. Uh, Dan, how you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, Thank absolutely. Yeah. Scott, how about you? I'm feeling great. Ready to do this. All right. Awesome. Perfect. So, um, you know, let's just start out with some introductions. Uh, Dan, you want to get us kicked off here? Yeah, I'm Dan Compton. I'm uh, the, what's called the GPL director for Shotgun Shell for Vista Outdoor, which is the parent company of Federal Ammunition. Um, I started at Federal about 14 years ago, done various roles over the years, and now I'm kind of a multi-branded shot shell guy, but got my, my roots started here at, at Federal. So. Okay, perfect. Scott? Uh, my name is Scott Turner, and I'm the product line manager for Federal Shot Shell. Okay, nice. Um what are your two favorite parts about your job? You want to go first or, or me? <laughs> yeah, he yeah, laughs. I'll go first. Um, yep. So my, it, it's kind of funny is uh, I, I love, I, I think I was um, born for the product line management because I get to work with uh, new new product ideas and, and uh, the, the development of new loads. Um, I, I, I like all of it, but I think my favorite part is uh, talking to the consumers to find out what's, um, you know, for, I love hearing the success stories, but I also like hearing about what they're, what they're looking for, um, you know, in the next generation of shop shells. So I really, really love hunting stories. Oh, absolutely. We love hunting stories here too. If you follow any of our social channels, Shields Outdoors, probably my favorite thing to post is, is, user submitted stories. Like I get a, mm -hmm. I get a big buck or a pile of ducks, you know, it's like, let's hear the story. Come on. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, for me and Scott kind of hit the nail on the head. It's like, our job is to make sure that we have the right products in the field that the, you know, that consumers are looking for. We own the catalog and we own, you know, the SKUs. So it's our job to be the voice of the customer. And then we get to work with the engineers and, and they design it and, it kind of happens one of two ways. Either we go to them and say, hey, we need this. Can you build it and design it? Or they come to us and say, hey, we can build this. Can you sell it? And then, you know, we figure it out. So having to see, you know, some of the things that we've worked on over the years, you know, for me, it was like, we'll, we'll talk about Black Cloud in a little bit. But, um, you know, being to make that a product, recognizing we needed to be able to shoot through ported choke tubes and we couldn't before and making that happen and work, you know, that that process was pretty cool. But some of the things that you'll see that we've worked on that have never seen the light of day, you know, like, you know, I've shot cartridges that the world will probably never see because we just, you know, couldn't take it any further. So the R and D side is great, but, you know, meeting the people, um, you know, talking to consumers. And then my ultimate favorite thing I like to do is, you know, in a, one of my earlier jobs, I did a lot of training for like shield staff over the years that go and do your, you know, like your speed trainings where you get three or five mm -hmm. people, you get five minutes or go and do the, the boy scout camp. Uh, when they were down in uh, 
um, by Lanesboro down there. So I absolutely love the, the product training part. So, so you guys right. live and breathe this. We really do. We're Shaftail nerds for sure. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> love it. Well, yeah, um, the, the two of us probably don't have like a fourth of the experience of either of you guys. Um, you know, I, I do love hunting with a shotgun upland stuff, you know, done a decent amount of pheasant hunting, uh, not nearly as much waterfall as I'd like to, but you know, some of my earliest hunting memories, um, is going out with my uncle Brent, um, doing some, doing some duck hunting. Like I'd never gone before. And, you know, he comes up to me and like, Hey, you want to go duck hunting with me? And I'm like, yeah, I do want to try it. And yeah, I remember like driving to the field with him like earliest in the morning and getting all set up right before the sun comes up. And that I will absolutely never forget the first flock of ducks that came in. And when they started setting their wings, just that whooshing sound, like I had never heard anything remotely like that before and was just like immediately captivated. It's just so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember uh, similar the first time I uh, went and hunted diver ducks. And, and, you know, I was told, you know, I'd, I'd shot mallards, I'd shot geese in a field. And even that first, like going to a geese in a field, I'm like, why are we going to a field? I had no idea. I thought ducks and geese lived in the water and that was it. So I had friends who kind of drug me along and, and taught me that part. But the first time, like, bluebills came and, like, I call it Buzz the Tower, you know, just came by and just, like, fighter jets came by. And just, <laughs> wow. And then I think I shot a box of shells and didn't hit a single one. Oh, so yeah. I'm those... like, I'm like one of our, you know, th- those are the customers we kind of like in a way, you know. We, <laughs> so we so make I... them so that they can hit, but, you know, they'll always make more. Those yeah. are the, I have to say the waterfall hunters, they're just a different breed. Like I consider myself pretty hardcore, but that's just like next level stuff. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Uh, you see, you see like memes and stuff on social media, like what the components of a duck hunter, you know, like most people you have like 72% water in their, in their body. And you know, the, the duck hunter is like, 25% nicotine, 25% <laughs> caffeine and 50% oh, yeah. rage. <laughs> <laughs> gas station food. You know, oh like, yeah. Gas yeah. station burritos. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, love it. So, you know, let's, let's talk about hunt fest a little bit. So, um, federal is, uh, is the main sponsor for hunt fest. We've got, I think we've got 20, at least 20 of them going on in our shield store. First one starting July 22nd, going along through, um, the end of July into August. And then we got a couple of stragglers in September. Um, uh, Dan, you've been to a few of these hunt fests now, correct? Worked a few of them. Yeah. I've been over these. One of the very first events I worked with the company was was a shield you know a hunt fest down in Mankata Mikado store and uh I thought you know I showed up I was wearing khakis and a polo I thought I was going to be inside the whole day and they're like oh no we got a pallet for you outside and brought a bunch of ammo for me and so I went inside I bought a pair of shorts and sandals because it was about 95 degrees and uh, <laughs> yeah. the guy next to me in the booth goes oh did, did you bring earplugs and I'm like oh why do I need earplugs and on the left was like echo calls and next to him was RNP and he goes you're, you're going to need them. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. You're going to hear, just, you're gonna yeah, hear ducks all, all day. day long. So <laughs> we were, uh, yeah, but it was good. It's always been a really good event. And like I said, just I like just getting in front of people and 
usually there's pretty good pretty good deals going on for people too. So Ooh, awesome. nice. Yeah. So you know for people that have never heard or been to a hunt fest, can you just describe the overall experience for somebody that that goes to one of these <laughs> things? Yeah, it's kind of guy as that, you know, I don't want to say like like a fair atmosphere to it. You know, instead it's like there's a parking lot sale, you know, depending on the store and location you're at, but you know, the vendor tent sitting outside, but there's plenty of other stuff to do. You know, there's there's typically like a dog jump event at, at many of them and that's always a, a big attraction, but people can walk around with their pets. You got a bunch of duck hunters, you hear duck calls going all over and it's kind of, you know, at the end of July a lot of people are kind of fish camp mode if they're outdoor people they're thinking about the season but to me like you start hitting events like that and as soon as you start hearing the quacks going on and the goose calls and that really makes you the blood starts heating up you know for for the fall and i can already ready feel it over here yeah yeah i know i like bit. like my I'm, excitement line. i'm just yeah, starting just... to get a little bit giddy here so <laughs> I, I know Scott's worked other events, you know, at, you know, for other similar fall type calling contests and whatnot. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the same feeling. Yep. Uh, you know, there's some events that at, at night you can actually feel the call still in your, you know, uh, it's still reverberating through your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh yeah. It's just, it, it's something about that first quack or first honk of the season that's like oh i haven't really thought about that for a couple of months now but then you're just like immediately back into it yeah yeah absolutely well, it's a great absolutely. time for customers to like really talk to the vendors too and get some of that insider information from you yeah. and ask you different questions i think Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we welcome it. So whoever, you know, if, if you're there, if there's the federal representative there, you know, by, by all means, reach out to them, talk to them, you know, get the questions they have. And if they don't have it, they'll find out. Usually, you know, they've got us kind of on text so they can they can reach out and let us know if it's something technical. We'll, we'll be there for them. We're doing uh, it looks like we're doing some specials, too. So it looks like if you're doing a case purchase of Black Cloud or Speed Shock, um, we got a free gift. So I think those are a limited quantity at each event. So get there early and uh, be one of the first ones and make sure you don't miss out. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. At just about everybody, every one of these Hunt Fest events, if you're one of the first like 100, 200 people or whatever, you get, uh, you get a nice little nice little gift grab bag to go along with it. So kind of incentivize being one of the first ones there. And uh, yeah, you kind of stole my question. I was going to get some insider information on you guys, if there's going to be some deals there, but I mean, after all it is hunt fest. So obviously there's going to be a tent full of deals, but we'll have, we'll have some good stuff from federal. And there's always, yeah, in the past, say one more time. Oh, and there's always prizes too, that they're giving away. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. Sure. And we're coming off, you know, like all time demand for ammunition. And I know hunters have been kind of scrambling to get out there and, you know, we've done the best to take care of, you know, retailers like Shields as best we can. But I think you'll find, you know, this season, you'll, you'll find, if you haven't been able to find the shells you're looking for, you're more than likely going to be able to find them now. So I think it's a good time to get out and, and stock up. Okay. So you'd say we've finally hit the point where things have become a little bit more stable now in the ammunition industry. Yeah, it definitely seems to appear that way. You know, we were, you know, there was a time where our back orders were like years, multiple years mm-hmm. with the amount of capacity that we have. And we can make a lot of shells as a company. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we're starting to kind of shrink into that. We're starting to see, you know, um, you know, it seemed like every dealer had everything on order just to hope get some. And yeah, definitely. It's now sure. we're definitely at a part where we can you know, commit to plan to and definitely fulfill the fill the shelf a lot better than, than we could before because you know it seems like people aren't just buying everything they see now 
Yeah, absolutely. There was definitely some stockpiling going on there. Yeah. And, you know, I can just I, I can just picture some of the listeners right now. Well, I'll try to find primers right now and then talk to me about yeah, stability. Sure. But sure. you know, it's I, it's definitely getting better. Yeah, primers are still one thing that might might take a little bit of time to catch up. Yeah, they're just I can tell you on shot shell, handgun, rifle things are definitely improving. All right. Great to hear. So, you know, since we've got kind of the masterminds about some of these product lines, I'm going to, I'm going to ask for your elevator pitches on a, on a few of your, on a few of your top lineups. So, you know, the first one I want to talk about is Prairie Storm. Who wants to take that one? I'll take that one. All right, Scott, what do you got? Okay. So our Prairie Storm is all about tight patterns and uh, it's um, probably one of the, the best upland load that I've ever personally shot. It's uh, it has the uh, a, a 70, 30 blend it has the uh, flight stopper pellet, but it's a, uh, you know, lead or steel and it's uh, using the flight control flex wad. So um, the flex wad is a rear opening wad. So it's, it's very effective in any choke. Um, it's, it's, it's just a great all around uh, shell. Um, I actually had the opportunity to use it in the uh, 28 gauge um, this last uh, season in uh, South Dakota and the wind was really kicking up and we had a couple of young dogs that were kind of, uh, you know, flushing the birds uh, quite a ways out there. And uh, so I switched to black cloud, even with the 28 gauge and it was just crushing them. And uh, of course, everyone thought that I had some, you know, super ninja, you know, depleted uranium rounds or something. <laughs> it, was, it was just the prairie storm. It's, it's an extremely effective in a tight patterning um, product works great up close, but I love it for uh, those, those uh, harder, harder hunts. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So what, uh, what different types of birds have you, have you shot with prairie storm? Uh, Prairie Storm. Honestly, I've I've used it on. Uh, I've even used the steel version on um, waterfowl. So it's a uh, you know it was the only thing I had in the in the bag. I grabbed the wrong bag, but at least it was non tox and I was able to uh, run with it. But um, grouse, quail, uh, prairie chickens. Um, you know it. Just about anything you can you know use it for. It's a little little bit excessive for um, some of the smaller birds, um, but if that's all you got, it'll definitely work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I imagine it'd tear up a dove pretty well. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you like, if you were down in like you know, if you've hunted doves, usually half the day you're kind of sky busting at them, and then at the last little bit they're coming off the feeding field. If, if you were willing to uh, to take the shoulder recoil, it would really help you. Yeah, yeah, I I imagine, you know, it but it's a pretty high powered double load. Yeah, <laughs> and, and when we were. We were hunting, uh, Dan and I were hunting Tex- in Texas uh, on the dove opener, and I'm fairly confident that he had to be shooting some prairie storm at some of the, the birds that he was taking out at, you know, when they, they late in the afternoon when they're way up there. Um, I, I was just shooting at them, but he was hitting them. So, I, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> okay. Had, so, and, so you guys have done a, a decent amount of hunting like together then? Uh, just, a, just a little bit. I think that's one of the only ones we've been able to do so far. Um, but I'll say on this one, Scott was shooting 28 gauge. I started with 28 gauge. And then at one point I'm like, nah, I'm done with this. And I went back to the 12 because I like more pellets and more power. So he was actually hitting with 28 gauge where I gave up. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so I, I need I need more help. So I think we're, we're both, you know, yeah. kind of adding, you know, 
So working with an ammunition company, like how many different guns do you end up bringing to a hunt? So, I mean, like you've got basically unlimited access to all this ammunition and different calibers and stuff. Are you bringing like, like five different guns and just trying things out or how does that work? I, I, you know, the a staple for, for myself is I usually bring my 12 gauge and I, I love my 28 gauge. Um, it's actually made me a better shot with my 12 gauge. Um, but uh, usually just those two, unless I'm doing like a, uh, like when I went to South Dakota and we were doing a combination hunt, uh, waterfowl in the morning and then uh, pheasants in the afternoon, I brought my, uh, you know, 12 gauge autoloader for waterfowl and I had my uh, 28 gauge over and under for, for upland. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, and I'm kind of the same. It, it kind of depends on what we're doing. The the dove hunt we're talking about in Texas is something that we've done over the years with our R&D guys. And um, it gives you a lot of volume to try new things. So we go out and there's either two things we do if we're going to test product. We try to go shoot snow geese or we try to go shoot doves because then hopefully we can shoot a lot. Mm-hmm. And so at that one, I think on that one, we had, you know, every gauge manageable and we shot a bunch of different loads and we shot different shot materials and, you know, trying to, you know, figure out new things we're doing for the future. Personally, I'll, I'll, I've tried to make it a goal, like any product that line that I've worked on over the years to ensure that I've had plenty of time to try it in the field. So a few years ago, all waterfall season, all I shot was two and three quarter inch, you know, threes and fours and twos and black club because I just hadn't spent a lot of time with it. I thought, well, if I got to be, a, if I'm going to put it out there, I got to be a believer in it. I know I can shoot a duck with three inch. So, but I'm primarily a 12 gauge guy and, um, starting to creep into 20 a little bit more and then what guns come which kind of just depends on on what we're chasing mm-hmm. absolutely so all right let's uh let's move on to another line let's talk about your uh your ultra pheasant line yeah ultra pheasant's been exclusive to shields i i don't really know how long it's been as long as i've worked here i believe which is probably 15 years plus so it's our premium line uh the difference between federal premium and Prairie Storm for both premium offerings. Uh, Prairie Storm is going to have the flight stopper shot, like Scott said, and the flight control wad. Our premium is just a, uh, our copper plated line with all high quality components. So we use um, high density polyethylene wads. And one thing that you'll hear carry over about all of the, the wads that we shoot is that our plastics seem rigid. And that helps, you know, depending on there's, there's more that goes into it, but they, it makes them very chokeable. So if you're going to open up a choke or tighten it up, our wads seem to respond really well to that. So the the ultra pheasant, exclusive to you guys, is uh, 1,500 feet per second copper-bladed ounce and three-eighths load. So an ounce and three-eighths is a lot of shot going out there. Typically, a lot of pheasant hunters might go a little beyond that, but normally it's an ounce and a quarter, sometimes an ounce and an eighth. Mm-hmm. depends on how fast you want. So you're getting a little more pellets. Copper plating is going to help your shot from deforming. Like if you think if you're – you're in a car and you hit the gas pedal and you get sucked back into the seat. You know, that's what's happening in the back of a shotgun shell. So all the lead in the back can start to flatten out. And if it gets out around, that's where flyers will happen from your pattern. So mm-hmm. um, we copper plate it to keep its roundness. We give it a little heavier payload and going at 1500 feet per second, it's going to be everything you need to reach out and, and hit fencing. The difference between something like that and black in the uh, prairie storm is prairie storm is going to be tighter so it's going to give you a little bit more range so i would always say between our premium lineup and prairie storm you can kind of have two uses if you're talking about like scott was when you're out there you know 
maybe a little uh, wild dogs a little bit, a little bit uh, wind, or you got real jumpy birds far out, you need range, that's where prairie storm comes in. If you're hunting pointers, if you're hunting, you know, maybe a game farm setting or where you know things will be able to close, you're going to have, that's where the federal premium comes in so that you're not just, you know, shooting your bird in half or, you know, you have to let them get out a little further. So mm-hmm. two different kind of purposes, but yeah, great loads. And then the, the ultra pheasant is available in either fours, fives, or six shot. And okay. we're working on a 20 gauge to try to get to you guys before this fall as well. Oh, very nice. Um, all right, let's move to uh, stuff waterfall hunters are excited about, and that's that black cloud. Sure. Yeah, uh, black cloud. I love black cloud. I think that um, I have an ad- advantage in a way because I've I've only been in the um, uh, with federal for a year and in the industry for for three years. So I I remember really easily, you know, what it was like being a consumer. And uh, once I started, uh, Black Cloud was like my entry into like premium uh, products. And I think that hands down is probably the most effective all steel load that, that's out there. It's uh, extremely effective because of the uh, flight control flex wad and the uh, 6040 blend with the uh, flight stopper pellet. It's uh, extremely tight patterning. Um, it's, uh, like I said, it's probably one of the most uh, effective all steel loads, you know, in the market. Mm-hmm. So what was the, where did the initial idea come about on Black Cloud? Uh, years ago when, um, when they started looking at it, you know, when, uh, you know, Scott, 1991, 1990-ish, yep. when, when the world, uh, all public areas or all waterfall had to go to lead free. And so, or non-toxic shot. And so most companies like, you know, Federal had had steel in the lineup for some time. They'd kind of seen this coming. But what a lot of companies did is they just took like that ounce and a quarter load. They put an ounce and a quarter of steel in it. They did it at the same velocity, 1250, 1300. Well, you know, all ammo is a density game. So the more dense your metal is, the more energy it's going to have as it carries down range. So steel density is right around 7.6. We'll call it eight. And lead has a density of 11. So it's it's like tennis balls and baseballs. You know, mm-hmm. like both of them going 80 miles an hour, one of them's going to have, it's going to have a lot more punch to it, right? The baseball, there's just more mass. So the the initial offerings to steel were kind of weak. They were hitting birds, they were wounding birds because they didn't have, you know, the energy behind them. So companies started jacking the speeds up. And that was kind of the, really the only options you had was to go faster. Then alternative metals started to come in. And, you know, like bismuth started to come out and then tungsten. And that's how where, you know, shot handles, Scott handles the heavy shot line as well. You know, that's how heavy shot came into being because they wanted to have a more denser pellet better than steel. So federal recognized it's like, well, what can we, is there anything else we can do here other than just go faster? So we'd had the flight control wad and buckshot and they started putting steel in it. And then we had the option of this, or we designed this flight stopper pellet, which kind of looks like we call it Saturn shot is when it initially came out. And, you know, we found that if you put those two together, you got this really tight, but you got a really consistent, uniform pattern every time. And, you know, pellets kill, you know, pellet counts kill. So the more pellets you get on the bird, the more stopping power you have. And it just really came like this kind of perfect recipe. So we were looking for something better. And in that created a load and then gave it a little bit of a personality to it, you know, like Black Cloud. We didn't just call it federal. We, we, we made Black Cloud the leader of it. Mm-hmm. And at one point, we actually like had a social network that had, you know, 
almost 15,000 people on it, you know, just chatting about duck hunting. And then eventually we, we rolled that just into our regular Facebook page. So yeah, that's what it kind of came about. We wanted to have give somebody a better option and then have a duck hunting load that kind of spoke more to the lifestyle of the, the waterfowler as well. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool. Just seeing that community gathering up and just talking about the sport of waterfowl <laughs> in general. It's just, uh, that's yeah. one cool thing about, you know, social media and forums and it's just gathering like-minded people to share stories and experiences yep. and tips and tricks. And it's just pretty cool to see. And, and I think all, you know, all outdoor pursuits have some element of a social, you know, community, but waterfowl really seems to have like embraced it. You know, like if you're, if you're duck hunting and you're not putting it on Instagram or, you know, TikTok or, you know, whatever the kids are doing. These yeah. Days. Are you really it's, doing it? It's like, you're not doing <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's funny. And then uh, I also love like some of the pictures, like the people that are pretty tech savvy will start like, blocking out the background so you don't see where they're actually hunting oh sure like that (laughs) can't give away your spots you want to show your success Mm -hmm. but you can't show your spots otherwise you got to get up an extra hour earlier edited you know i don't know it's my my thought yeah all right well last one i want to talk about the stuff that really jumps out when you're walking across a shield store and looking at the shelves and that's the, that's the retro steel. What do you got on that? Yeah. So that is just, it's a version of our speed shock line or, you know, what we call blue box. You can kind of see it over my shoulder behind me here. Um, when we were talking to, to shields our, our sales rep was working with your buyers and they're like, what, you know, could we give, you know, we have a history of doing some unique loads for you guys. And so we pitched, what if we, can we do a throwback box for you? And, and then they loved it. And people really seemed to, to like that stuff when we put it out. And it was, you know, we just cracked a hundred year anniversary for federal in 2022. And it was building up to that when we first offered it. So, you know, we thought, yeah, the timing was pretty good. But like you said, if you go there and, you know, there's usually an end cap of it, but it really catches the eye. Mm-hmm. It's one of our looks from, I think it probably goes back to the 1960s, if I'm not mistaken. So. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's like, you're kind of just teleported back into the sixties when you mm-hmm. look at that box, mm-hmm. it's really just, just good nostalgia, you know, bring you mm-hmm. back into your, you know, favorite hunting memories and things like that. Yep. And, uh, you know, that just turned into like basically a perfect segue for what I wanted to do next, which was, uh, it was some hunting stories. So, um, first though, uh, Dan, before we, before we actually hit the record button, you were telling me that you had a pretty good story about one of the hunt fests. So, Oh yeah. And, and I guess I, that was, I guess what I referred to in the beginning with the, with the, you better have your earplugs cause it's about to get, it's about to get rowdy around here. And that was with the all the highball duck calls. <laughs> yeah. Um, or how about before we even get into those hunting stories, how about like challenges or opportunities you guys have seen in the ammunition market like today? Scott, you want to take one? Oh yeah. So as far as like the challenges, as far as like uh, for coming out of such a uh, uh, capacity constraint and you know, the supply chain, that's it. That's the first thing that comes to my mind was, um, you know, a, two years ago talking to consumers and that and, and feeling their their struggles of being able to find ammunition so i think that that was the 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 biggest hurdle that we've come over uh come through recently but we've we've really ramped everything up and that doesn't seem to be the the issue we're starting to see um 
you know, shells on the shelves. So that's that's probably been the, the biggest uh, challenge that we have is just to, to keep pumping out those shells for the consumer. Yeah, and, and our job, as we kind of alluded to before, is, you know, what what's the next thing? You know, where, where where's technology going to bring us? How can we make it better? You know, we always say faster, cheaper, better, you know, is, is what we're trying to do. But, you know, speed isn't always what someone's looking for. But what's the next waterfall load? And we try to have an answer for everybody. So if you look across most of our product lines, you know, you find something opening price point like the the, um, the retro load we were talking about. You know, it's going to work perfect for many hunters for what they like. But then we have a premium offering. Then we get all the way up into the bismuths and the tungstens, and your, your price starts to escalate there. But if that's the the load you want, if you want some of the absolute best products on the market, we'll offer that to you. So our challenge is, you know, where's the market going? What are we going to find next? And you know, we're, we're always on the hunt for, is there new metals, is there new alloys, is there new polymer alloys we can look at? And then a lot of the world is looking for, you know, um, you know, single use plastics, you know, this is kind of an area that we've been trying to focus on. Like, how can we, how can we minimize some of that in our loads so that we're, we're being a good steward of the land as well? So. Yeah. Very nice. So I think that was interesting about your R and D too, of like some things never even make it to market. Oh you know, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a big process. Right. Yeah. Years ago, we developed uh, um, a few years ago, a new muzzle loading system called a fire stick. And that is a, um, you know, segue in different, different product category. But instead of just loading your powder and your bullet down the barrel, you load the bullet down the barrel and you charge it from the rear with this contained capsule that has all the propellant. It keeps it dry. And if you've ever muzzle loaded, it can be a pain depending on because the weather is usually horrible. So we're trying to make it more reliable, less barriers to entry and so on. And as part of that development, we developed a couple guns internally that were Frankenstein from other firearms. And, you know, they're super, super cool. And uh, there's many of us here that would love to have that hanging on the wall or in the gun safe at our home, but it will probably always live in a vault here, you know, so <laughs> being able to like shoot something like that, sure. you know, and traditions went on to be the developer of the firearm and they're on the market, but, Nobody will ever see that Ruger number one that we converted to mm. make it into that. So cool That's things cool. like that. Yeah. Yeah. We better, we better stay off the topic of muzzle loaders. That's a slippery slope <laughs> that could turn into like a three <laughs> sure. hour podcast. Maybe that, yeah. Maybe that's another podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I'll, write, I'll write that one down. We got to do a muzzle loader podcast for sure. And uh, Ashley, I have to, I have to thank you for keeping me on task and, uh, and making sure to talk about some of the, you know, the specs and important nitty gritty stuff <laughs> that we need to talk about with federal. Things I really want to know. All I have in my yeah. mind is like, I want to hear hunting oh, stories, stories from right. these guys. Come on. I'm like, I, I got the itch. So um, I want to, I want to hear your, your favorite hunting story from each of you guys. What do you got? Dan, you want to start? Sure. I, uh, a few years ago, um, my, my old boss is the, um, he retired last year, but he and I, uh, went on a hunting trip with one of our Canadian sales reps and we went up to Alberta to shoot sandhill cranes, something I'd never done. And a new load we had at the time was called Black Cloud TSS. So it's tungsten super shot, super dense shot mixed with steel. You know, you get incredible range out of it, incredible pellets. It's, it's awesome stock. So we'd never had a chance to hunt with it yet. So we were going to go against the sandhill crane, which is huge if, you, if you've ever seen it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. So we set up on, on a field and uh, they, the cranes came in and we had a couple of decoys out on them and it was crazy to watch them because their necks are so long. Like they're coming in and you could just see them looking around like this, you know, as they're <laughs> trying to, trying to spot us. And so they came around 
coming right over us and the guy says take them so we pop up and boom and i hit the first one and just crumpled it and i went to the second one and i missed and i pulled the trigger to go for my third shot and as i looked out of the corner of my left eye here came that crane and he just smoked me right in the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> And the guy was filming with us on his phone over my shoulder. You just hear him say, he hit me. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but then, then you hear another guy say, you're lucky you didn't get harpooned. You know? Right, <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Yeah, they, or I'm lucky that he was stoned because, you know, dead because their claws are pretty aggressive. And you know, <laughs> we've all heard a lot of, you know, dogs, will, they make them wear goggles when they retrieve them and stuff because they can be pretty mm-hmm. Yeah, there's yeah, a, that's one, one, my, that's one bird uh, I wouldn't want to mess with. with. No, no. If they're wounded, yeah, you want to make sure you can put them down at range. So, and they're fantastic eating. So, really, on ribeye the sky. It's not yep. too far. Mm-hmm. Too far off. Absolutely. What's your favorite way to prepare them? That I did a lot of. Um, we, we did them several different ways. Just kind of grill them as steaks. You know, just I always like try something. Just try to you know what is the leg with salt and pepper. You know, just put it on a grill with salt and pepper, and then that kind of can take you from there. Did a lot of slow cooker and made burritos out of them um and made i think i did little breaded nuggets out of them i think i kind of tried everything but the slow cooker burrito that seemed to be kind of the favorite at my house so. okay what did nice. you say it tastes like uh it's beef it tastes like beef oh okay interesting yeah oh. very just a lot like roast beef huh. super lean um it's it's not as marbled as beef but there's hardly any game taste to it at all Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I haven't really expanded my culinary horizons all that much with, uh, you know, like with birds and waterfall, like especially like ducks and geese. I mean, I'm usually like a throw it in the crock pot with a can of cream of mushroom soup or oh, or, or turn it mm-hmm. into jerky. Those have been those yeah. have been my two main ones. But, you know, like we've had a couple of podcasts before where where we've talked about some recipes and I can't remember the name of the guy, but he, he does like a, a duck and goose pastrami and that oh, yeah. sounds yeah, like fantastic. incredibly delicious. And I, and I probably need to try that. Um, I also need to shoot more birds because I get way too into the bow hunting thing. And I just, I, I got a thing where I like to chase really big animals and I, I wait a long time and <laughs> I often end up waiting until December and filling my tag on the first dough that pops out. But that's another story. Um, sure. <laughs> yeah. so you're going hungry. Yeah. I'm, I'm going into the weeds here. So no, no. kind of re- reel me back. No, I'm you're, saying you're, you're, you're hungry because you're <laughs> catching enough. Yeah. Oh, okay. all right. Well, Scott, you're up. What do you got for us? Um, so, I love hunting with my, I have a, well, now he's 11, but uh, my, 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 my son, I love taking him out in the field. And uh, one time we were uh, goose hunting together and I think he was probably seven and uh, it was really cold. It, I mean, it, it was frigid. And so he didn't want to stay in his own blind. So he got my leg down blind and he was down by my legs and he had his ear pro on. And I didn't know that he fell asleep. So here I'm, <laughs> I'm calling some geese and I, I'm telling him, I'm like, okay, here they come. Here they come. All right, get ready, get ready. And then I sat up and I got a, uh, you know, I hit the first two. And then the third one was just way, way up there. And um, I wasn't sure if I had, um, you know, nicked it because they're kind of staggered. And so I went ahead and I took a shot and it, it was pretty high up there and it, it crumbles and it just falls down. And it, when it hits the ground, it's like, boom. and my, my son, he's like, whoa. I love that sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
There's there's oh, not yeah, a whole great. lot better sound to a waterfall hunter yeah. than hearing that He's like, thud. that's the best way to wake up, Dad. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that, that's my favorite. Uh, yeah, good times. Oh, good. absolutely. Do you guys have any uh, hunts planned for this fall that you're really looking forward to? Yeah, um, I, I'm going to be going to uh, Duck Fest that's in uh, North Dakota the first part of October. And then um, I'm going up to uh, Manitoba, uh, Canada, with uh, Delta Waterfowl. So I'm, ex- I'm l- really excited about those two hunts. Yeah, and I don't have anything uh, big or major planned, but I'll do some local duck hunting and, and goose hunting around, you know, the Minnesota area here. We have a lot of lot of Canadian geese or Canada geese, so I'll be I'll be chasing some of that. And again, I, I have a son as well, so he's he's starting to get all into it, kind of like I was at his age. So. Yeah, there's there's fun. nothing more fun than introducing youth into the sport. Mike's just got girls, so yeah. But the, are you working on him? I'll get him into the fields. Okay. Yeah, um, my oldest is is rapidly becoming a, a very girly girl, so um, <laughs> it'll be a question mark on her. I've I've got her out turkey hunting and uh, and deer hunting, and and she's not a morning person. Uh, she's <laughs> oh like, sure. A lot like my wife in that. Um, well, but she could the, be like their sons, you know, and sleeping in the blind with you. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah there we go. Just taking out. But the the young the youngest one, she's three. Her name is Ava, and she's an absolute wild card. Um, I think she's gonna she's gonna be pretty into it. Uh, I was talking with Ashley earlier about taking them to the fair, and their favorite thing about the whole fair was going to one of the the games where like the little, you know, it's either ducks or fish or whatever that swim around and you try and catch them. Like with this, it was a, it was just one of those little like Snoopy poles with a magnet at the end. And, uh, they sat there for like 15 minutes and each caught like 30 of them. And I had to pry the the rod from their hands and yeah. yeah so the, so they're into the outdoors, but the, that youngest one, yeah, I think she's going to be into it. And I imagine if both of them go out, they're going to shoot more and better than I do. Cause that's just the way that it goes. Yep, show, show up there, dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about a bucket list hunt? So do you, do you guys have a bucket list hunt? You want to check off the list? Mine is the Manitoba. Uh, that's I'm, I'm, really really excited about that and and i'm real after hearing dan's story about the uh the cranes i'm kind of hoping that he'll want to take me on a hunt like that yeah yeah so, yeah i've never hunted um i uh was talking to somebody who did some hunting in the aleutian islands up in alaska and that sounded pretty amazing um just you know they were going after um i think they're going after eiders and, and i can't remember some of the other ducks but it just sounded like the whole setting just sounded phenomenal you know they were uh, they were kind of laying down on rocky shores, covering themselves in kelp blinds and, you know, mm-hmm. shooting these birds coming around the rocks and out in the middle of nowhere, no cell reception for, you know, 10 days, you know, just gone. And that sounded, that sounded pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I did yeah, get a that's... chance to go to uh, Sweden last year and I was able to hunt on the Baltic Sea and we hunted uh, on Eurasian widgeons on like a bay on the Baltic Sea and then field hunted what they call barnacle geese and gray lake geese in the, uh, Barnacle goose kind of looks like a, a Canada goose in a, with a tuxedo. It's like a little, little fancier. Okay. Gray leg goose is like the traditional, you know, almost like a farm goose. Um, but that was a really, really, you know, cool experience. And um, yeah, so I would say I've 
I've accomplished quite a few of the buckets, so they're 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 starting to. I think Alaska's probably maybe the last one. Mm-hmm. I that... was to Alaska two years ago, and it is amazing. I wasn't hunting, but I can only imagine that. Yeah, that is the perfect setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never yeah, never been to Alaska, but I've always wanted to go. There's there's so many species I want to go after, whether it's hunting or fishing, and just the the scenery and just kind of getting off the grid. It's it's definitely something I want to do. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was, uh, that was great. I mean, I appreciate the information from you guys. Uh, a lot of, a lot of good techie stuff from you guys, some good hunting stories and, uh, you know, just a little bit of excitement for these hunt fests going on. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a great summer, early fall. Yeah, for sure. yeah. yeah. We're looking forward to it. All right. Dan, Scott, Appreciate the time and the information. Oh, absolutely. Right, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. And there you have it. Wonderful session with uh, Scott and Dan. And uh, before we close out here, I just want to make sure to let everyone know to subscribe to this podcast, either on your listening platform or on YouTube, where you'll find the videos. And make sure to check out our social channels, Shields Outdoors on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We're also on Stitch now, if uh, if you're an early adopter to that platform. And uh, make sure to check out our Hunt Fest, too, happening this uh, this late summer, early fall. There's going to be some great events, like we were talking about with dock dogs and calling stuff and, uh, and, you know, a lot of great deals to get you ready for that upcoming hunting deals, season. Deals, giveaways, prizes. So starting July 22nd, going through, I guess, August and then some into September. Yep, exactly. So make sure to visit us there. And, uh, you know, for any of your shot shell or upland or waterfall needs, make sure to head to your local store or check us out at shields.com. We hope to see you there. Yeah. And with that, uh, thank you for listening and see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Shields Outdoors podcast. Stay tuned for future segments and visit our social media pages, Shields Outdoors on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates.